You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. It's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. Oh, he got hit! Look at the finish The return to glory. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. Let's go, Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> All right, folks, we're here. Uh, if you're a TCU fan, hopefully someone was able to talk you off the ledge. Uh, and thanks for joining in. Drink and Think Nation, we're back. It's a normal week, we're getting ready. We, we've just ended, unfortunately, college football season. Now we're going to the NFL playoffs. And this is going to be a great episode. We're going to recap the Natty and everything that was terrible about that game. Uh, obviously hit on our beers of the week. We'll talk a little bit of golf. Some crazy stuff happened in golf. And then get straight into the NFL, everything that's going on with the playoffs and how Dak got absolutely demolished at his own pick'em game by day 489 to 558 points. Uh, okay, thanks for bringing that up right off the bat. I appreciate that. But hey, um, while you troll me, I've got someone else to troll. So before we dive into how Kirby Smart may be a boss and one of the greatest coaches ever, and I've got so many high praises, there's another coach that's really great in the in the world. And uh, I think we need to talk about Dabo Sweeney tonight, like maybe for two hours straight. Like maybe the whole episode that's called like Dak and Dave loves Dabo. Yep. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a wonderful guest tonight. I am I we have talked about this for so long. Uh one of my best buddies. We went to two, almost two years of an army school together. And uh this guy is a the cock commander, if you will. He is a diehard USC South Carolina fan, uh alumni there. He is a officer in the South Carolina National Guard, currently deployed to deployed, quote unquote, deployed. I'll rag you about that later to uh, the border. You know, I think he just finished a firefight against some uh, some freaking cartel right before he hopped on here with us. But without further ado, one of my best buds in the world, Johnny O. What's up? What's up? Hey, pleasure to be here. Been looking forward to this for some time. Thank you for the intro. Thank you. Uh, big fan of Drinking Thick Nation and what y'all are doing. Um, huge fan of beer, huge fan of sports, huge fan of Dak and Dave. So thanks for having me on. Um, let's get this thing rolling. Not a huge fan of Dabo, so just get it out of your system. Oh, fuck that clown. Fuck that so, clown. I expect nothing uh, less. I'll, I'll ask you this like straight off the bat because I'm – I used to be more think that Dabo was a better, and this is obviously not has nothing to do with the national championship or anything because Clemson was nowhere near that. But do you think he's as fake as he comes off as, or he's just like real, like he's just got like really bad dad humor? I think it's a combination of the two. When you look back at when he started his TikTok account and he dropped his first TikTok, which was like incredibly cringeworthy. No I, Shane I, Beamer, am I right? I mean, look, hey, Shane came out to Soldier Boy. <laughs> all right. There's a huge difference. All right. 
Um, he said, I mean, Dabo's out there doing the hickory dickory doc, you know, the, <laughs> what do you do? Like, all I can say about this guy is from day one that I've seen his press conferences it, every week, it's a new cringeworthy moment. And so you got to imagine that he's just appealing to the parents um, and he, he's trying to put on this persona. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll have to tell you a story later about about a run in I had with his brother um, before he went to prison for child pornography. But uh, I, I mean, I got nothing good to say about the guy. All right. I just I don't. I mean, I'm glad that he's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. But uh, beyond that, he can go eat a bag of dicks. All of the dicks. <laughs> so you're saying that it, that him falling down on his run down from the from the rock at, at whatever at, at Death Valley, if he like fell down the hill and like rolled down at the beginning of a game, that would like make your life. Oh my god! I I think. I mean, the one my group chat from college would just replay that on repeat, like every week. There'd be a new text with just him tripping and falling. I mean, it, it's a matter of time before that guy tears an ACL coming down that after touching Howard's rock. And uh, no, it, it would it would be a glorious moment. I, I would thoroughly enjoy every bit of that, just like I've enjoyed watching the same gif of Christian Wilkinson getting the little gooch grab on Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, when back when Clemson played Ohio State, love replaying that gift, but 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 same same situation, yeah, yeah, gotcha. John, John's a lot younger than we are, well, not a lot, you're a, a half a decade younger. I still don't know if it's gift or gif, so I'm glad you're on here to say it one way or the other. So I'm <laughs> I'm riding with what Johnny O says. All right, so we talked about what we think is not a great coach now. Can we get into someone who might be the fucking standard? And uh, that's Kirby Smart. And mm-hmm. gentlemen, I, I don't know. I actually know I sent both of you the video or the, the audio. Uh, we weren't going to put it on our uh, Instagram. I think we have to play it. Is everybody good with us playing this real quick? So we'll, we'll play just, uh, I don't know, 10 seconds or a minute and four seconds, depending on how freaking pumped up we get about this, but I shit you not, I've watched this at least 25 times today. Here we go. You go out there with energy, enthusiasm. Hey, guys, ain't nobody in this room should be cautious. Ain't nobody in this room should be nervous about shit. Go out here and fuck their ass up. Don't think about scoreboard. Don't think about shit. You think about knocking the shit out of them. You play the right way. You knock their ass off. You stay off the fucking ground. You tackle the fucking man with a ball. The shit's easy. Look at the right shit. Punish their ass on offense and kick their ass on special teams, guys. It's about who the fuck we are. I believe in you. Let's go. Yeah, so I I have no shit played this 25 times at work today. It is that good. I like I by 6 a.m. had run through five walls at work. Like it was that good. And uh, you know, if you haven't listened to it, stop what you're doing. Go listen to it. I I do. I think it's that good. But uh, you know, there is something to be said about the whole like it wasn't supposed to be recorded, but then it was. Ah, bullshit. That was that was meant to be leaked. That's a that's a recruiting tactic. And let me tell you what, if I'm 18 years old and I'm about to pick a school and I'm, you know, top five linebacker in the country, my ass is going to Georgia to play for Kirby Smart because he rocked that. So uh getting into some stats, let's let's just dive right into the natty talk. Yeah, so uh 
I think we could all agree, and I guess if you don't, correct me if I'm wrong, that that was one of the most disappointing national championships that I remember in recent memory, uh, because I think that only for about 45 seconds during that game did I think that TCU would even make it interesting. Right when Max Duggan run it in for a touchdown. I was like, okay, here we go. Slow start. He got seven. He needed to carry that ball into the end zone himself. Put the team on your back, and then it was like, oh, just kidding. That's literally the only one. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, from that perspective, obviously, my question for you all is, is this Georgia being, like, did they, I mean, they obviously got up for this game. Was your takeaway that TCU was so bad or that Georgia was just so damn good? I'm going to go with both because it's – and I know that's going to probably – Yeah, what the shit your, is that? Yeah, I know it's going to hurt your feelings. But everybody wants to talk about like, oh, look at their – look at TCU. Look at their their uh, line of work, how hard they've – you know, how, how they've beaten all these teams, how hard they've worked. Like Max Duggan's, Max Duggan's a dog, which I believe – I think that kid is a dog. I think but, he's a frog. <laughs> but – you haven't played in the SEC schools. You know, I really wanted to see Kirby at the end of the game say, like, man, we really need to schedule some more TCUs of the world. Because, <laughs> frankly, Georgia just, I mean, it, it, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even fun. It was like the Notre Dames, Notre Dames of, the, uh, of the 2010s. You know, you'd, you'd let them into the national championship game and they just get run over. And, and frankly, I mean, even last week, y'all talked about it. It was a 21-point swing between TCU and Michigan. I mean, that was a touchdown in the end zone. Like, sorry, that was a freaking touchdown. Yeah. And, and, and from the first time the two teams, Georgia and TCU, lined up, I made a comment to the two guys next to me. I said, look how much bigger the entire Georgia offensive line is than the entire TCU defense i mean they were running a 335 and i thought oh my goodness like milton's literally just gonna freaking run the entire game like they're just gonna run him because they've got a push up front yeah I'm, I'm i wasn't kidding when you look at the two compared it was like friday night lights when they went to the state championship game and they were like yep. they big they fast they strong they big or whatever the hell the quote is but it uh it was it was like not comparable here's something that and this is college football in a nutshell, is what's funny to me is you had Michigan lose to TCU, but Michigan beat Ohio State. And then Ohio State honestly should have been there because they should have taken the game over Georgia. And so to see that much disparity in that game – you know, everyone's like, well, what did you expect? It's Georgia. What did you expect? Well, if you run that scenario through your head where Ohio State really had them and then Ohio State got beat by Michigan, but TCU beat Michigan in a shootout, it's like, what the, what the hell happened? Where, where did that come from? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, from that perspective, it makes sense. Uh, one thing that we didn't bring up last week, but I did think about in my mind as the game was going on was I went back through Georgia's schedule and every game that they had close calls, cause they had some close calls, right? Missouri should have beat them. Uh, yep. Once again, court coaches never having played Madden, I guess, don't know how to take a timeout. Um, so Missouri should have won. Then 
They had some other close calls where they played poorly, but the next game after they had kind of that wake up call, they beat the brakes off of their opponent. Yeah. And so thinking back hindsight 2020, I'm saying, man, we maybe should have seen that coming off of a scare. As you said, OSU really kind of shit in the bed there. We probably should have seen Georgia coming out and absolutely they look like they belong, right? They were completely comfortable, whereas TCU was completely overwhelmed by the light. And that I know this is gonna be a hot take. So, you know, Send it. take take let's let's roll with it. But TCU is not one of the top four teams in the country. I'm sorry. Like flat out. Um, of course based on the fact that they won all these games and they, they, you know, they lost in the championship in their championship to Kansas state. Yes. How can you keep them out? I get that. You know, Oh, we're going to keep them at three because we don't want another Ohio state, Michigan rematch in the, in the semifinals. I, this whole thing has really made me just look forward to a 12 team playoff. You because, already know because the TCU is going to get weeded out. Right. Like, I love the story. I love a Cinderella story, but I'm sorry. Tennessee and Bama are better teams. LSU is a better team, right? You put TCU against any of the top four SEC schools, and I know the, the Big Ten fans are going to, you know, I can hear it now. And right, We've got like one, so you're good. Send it. I'm telling you, all the top four SEC teams are going to beat a TCU nine weeks out of ten. It's just going to happen. And – Unfortunately, right, or fortunately, um, it, it panned out the way that it did, and uh, TCU got smoked. Yeah, and and the twelve team. I mean, we've talked about this weeks on end. The twelve team gives the the chance for the SEC teams that had not the greatest record to get in, but it also gives a shot to the guys who would have never gotten a shot otherwise, right? So you're going to see the TCUs. You're going to see a non-power five. You're going to see, you know, four SEC teams, and I think. Now it's like nut up or shut up. You've gotten your shot. And if you're not one of the best 12, then kick rocks. We don't care. Everyone, we're all inclusive now. Come on and show what you got. Um, but, I, you know, what you just said, I wonder if it was just the stage, you know, like they've lost the, the two games they lost, obviously the national championship and their conference championship game. Did that get to them? Were they outplayed or did it get to them? Now, I do think that Georgia was a far superior football team. Hands down, not even close, but they've never, you know, they haven't been on that stage. Georgia just did it. Georgia is a perennial powerhouse name. And then TCU is trying to prove something. I think that, you know, maybe got them shaking their boots a little bit, but no, um, I, I, I will totally, say, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Dave. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, you saw how flustered and how just um, stiff and, kind of overwhelmed even when Max Duggan is throwing these balls he's throwing them into the dirt he's not uh you know he's forcing throws that didn't need to be there on the one throw when honestly I think they had a chance to get back into the game on uh, he throws instead of throwing and we said it on our live instead of throwing a skinny post or a corner route he throws a skinny post and ends up throwing a pick and it's just it's not even the offensive side of the ball alone though I mean, you and I text immediately when we saw it. It was like that secondary dude just gave up. They gave up. Like they were not playing football in, you know, second half. And 
you know, you you typically see bigger programs that have been in that spotlight before go, okay, let's get it together. You have a halftime, coaches in your ass, and then you square it away, and you just really didn't see any difference from first to second half. Okay, my question to y'all is, is you know, everyone was talking about TCU's Cinderella story, and, uh, you know, and John kind of already alluded to this. You know, they had this – this kind of epic way they make it in, they get the huge win over Michigan, which I guess somewhat validated them in a way because it's like, yes, we lost in our conference championship game, uh, but we get this win. But the way that the, their season ended, do you think it tarnishes their performance? Because at the end of the day, they walk away with a good win over Michigan, but it almost gets overshadowed by the fact that they didn't win a conference championship and they got, they had the worst beatdown in in college football playoff history laid on them. No, I absolutely think it tarnishes it. I mean, it's such a beautiful story, them com- coming all the way up, um, you know, especially out of the Big 12. It was like, oh, my goodness, you know, a Big 12 team is finally going to finally gonna make some moves in the CFP. And then you just show up and get smoked. I mean, it, now forever – we're always going to think about why is the Big 12, why is the Big 12 conference champion even getting considered in these big time games? You know, there's a there's a reason why the line was set at 12 and a half. Like, is Vegas is smarter than we are? Vegas knew something going into this game. They must have gotten the weights and the heights on every offensive and defensive lineman and said, oh, this, this trench battle is going to be atrocious because it's it's just the truth. I mean, you're in you're in the SEC. It just means more, and there it is. And, and it ah. just means more. Like, I'm sorry, I, I'm out here in Arizona, and I went. To, I know this is Pac-12, but I went to a U of A game when they played Southern Cal. There's Huge. only one U of A, and it's woo fucking pig suey, sir. Okay, sorry. Excuse me. University of Arizona played oh, 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 oh. Southern Cal, and we went to that. We decided we were going to go down to the pep rally. They brought the entire football team, all the cheerleaders, everybody out on the street. There was maybe 200 fans there. You do, you bring the entire football team and the cheerleaders out in an SEC program out into the street for a pep rally the night before a game, you're getting 10,000 fans minimum. And Walmart shut down, dang it. And, and I'm sorry, it's just going to tarnish your, uh, your legacy if you go into the CFP and get smoked by everybody. I completely agree, brother, and and it's the sad truth of it. But no one will remember the rest of their all of their season. They will only remember that game. So, uh, better luck next year. Okay, so one thing I do want to bring up, and I think just I've seen some people talk about this already, is that the real losers of last night, other than TCU getting damn near seventy put up on them, uh, which the over hit. What do we say? We said bet the over. There you go. Uh, thanks to uh, Georgia. Georgia hit the over by themselves. But the real losers are Ohio State and Michigan, right? Because on one hand, if you're Ohio State, you're thinking, damn, I would have just back. I would have yep. yep. fucking moonwalked into a national championship again. And then Michigan, I mean, this may have single-handedly derailed the Jim Harbaugh era in Michigan. Because now we've got these stupid, what I consider stupid NCAA, yeah, stupid NCAA violations. 
But now there's he's linked to several NFL teams to see if he can run it back in the NFL, talking to some NFL teams. I mean, does that happen if he goes to a national championship game? I don't think so. No, that's fair. Um, yeah. One, yeah, we'll talk coaches later. We won't get into that now. But, you know, hey, OSU made their bed. And then they went wide left jumping into it. So, <laughs> there you go. All right. That's all, all I have to say. All I've got to say is at the end, of, in the second half, you got video evidence of Georgia players going over to the boxes to get plates of wings, okay, against TCU. <laughs> Eating plates of wings. The offensive line is literally munching on buffalo wings on the sideline. <laughs> they pull Stetson with 14 minutes in the fourth quarter. Could have been and- earlier. It could have been way earlier. And the entire time I'm thinking like, man, this this team beat Michigan. Yep. Like, like this this is what the big like this is what the Big Ten lost to. Like you 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 want to give the SEC a bunch of grief for only being able to fit a hundred thousand fans in our stadium and we we fit a hundred and ten and you know, we're we're so much we play defense and all this other stuff. And then that's what you that's what you present in the in the college football playoff is it is a team that loses to TCU in the Big 12? Come on now. So it'll Mike definitely the, just yeah. the, the Stetson Bennett might drop nonetheless. Yeah. All right. Well, let's right. let's pivot away from the uh pivot away here from college football as it has it's over. Right? We got to take a deep breath. Exhale. College football season's over. We gotta Start wait. Start the timer. Yeah, gotta wait, and uh, you'll see uh, the Dak and Dave podcast. Uh, we'll we'll have to find fillers, right? We'll get hockey, right? We'll get some golf in there as the as the NFL playoffs end. But yeah, that's our bread and butter is is coming gone. We got a couple months in the in the doldrums without it. I will say this though. The offseason has gotten way more interesting now that you got NIL, you've got transfer portal, you've got sure. you've got guys leaving left and right. I was I was on a plane from Dallas to Tucson and sitting next to an Okie statewide receiver. And he's telling me that people on his on his team are getting offered six figures minimum to transfer to other schools. Offseason is now way more interesting and we have way more uh content that we get to look at and and, and feed our faces with, you know. Spencer Rattler's coming back, so I'm freaking stoked out of my God, mind. How? How, bro? <laughs> and, and it's about to be a hell of a year, baby. Let's fucking go. Hey, as much as I love this shit on you, and I do, y'all are on the up and up. Uh, I told you, and I think I've even said it on the pod, like, I gave your coach a lot of shit, but I think it was initial – knee-jerk reaction because of a dumb TikTok, which, you know, I'm old school. But then I think he does have the leadership ability and style to back it up. Um, And then, you know, at the end of the day, whatever works, whatever gets your recruits there. And then uh, Jimbo Fisher can actually execute. So I think you guys are on the up and up, and I'd like to see it. And, uh, you know, it's good to see that you're retaining your star quarterback. So good for you guys. It had to happen, you know. You, you beat a Tennessee, you beat a Clemson, especially in that in that fashion at the end of the year. Let's be honest, Rattler's going to be a sixth or seventh round pick, unless he's he stays back. He's getting paid, you know, seven figures to stay. Why go anywhere when you're getting worshipped? 
you know. Oh, that's a really interesting take that I've never thought of. Dudes that are the face of your program that are crushing NIL right now, but no, you know, they roll the dice and they go, man, I, I'm a third stringer here or I'm at Enterprise selling. I'll just stay in college and make, you know, six, seven figures being the face of the Gamecocks. I, that's a brilliant thing to look at. I've never thought of it before. Stetson Bennett being the perfect example. Yeah. Facts. Future and future enterprise division or future enterprise business manager right there. Stetson Bennett. 100%. He's he's probably got enough endorsements though. He can he can ride that train for a hot minute. Um all right. Well, I'll cheers to uh, old Spencer Rattler kicking the can down the road for another year. So what are we Hell cheersing? Yeah. That's what we're cheersing to, but what are we cheersing with? So let's get into some beers of the week. Johnny O, lead us off. You better have a good beer to talk about tonight. Well, earlier this week, I was sipping on this – uh, I'm a, I'm an amber guy. I love amber lagers. You know, it all started with Yingling. Uh, big big fan of amber lagers in general. Um, but uh, I I went to a fire truck brewery earlier this week. Um, had their Salita del Sol, which is a is a really good amber okay. lager. Um, I I think I gave it like a four two five on Untapped or something. There you go. But uh, I, I was I mean the mouthfeel was incredible hey, okay. nice. it was it nice. was like it was like a whole herd of cherubs just dancing across my tongue i mean it, it was just it, it was beautiful um i savored it i had two i think 22 ounce cold ones in a in a frozen glass um with some uh, burn-in nachos i mean it was unbe- unbelievable but uh i felt like for this podcast, I had to bring out the old, the old tried and true, and that's Miller Light. Okay, oh, and it, it, you you can't beat it. Okay, for the calories, the carbs, the flavor, name me a better light pilsner. I mean, there's a reason they put a fine pilsner on the can, and it's because it's a fine, a damn fine pilsner. You damn Skippy, I like I like both of those takes, boy. All right. <laughs> The quote of the hey, day, uh, I think, is the chair a herd of cherubs dancing across almost, your palate. I almost pissed myself. <laughs> Boy, that's good. I didn't right. even know that a group of cherubs was called a herd, but it makes sense. Let's go with it. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> you damn right. All right, Dave, what are you sipping on? Oh, okay. So as uh we will find at the end it's you know this is my week to do the safety brief uh we have a beer from here in kansas it's called the life coach lager the life coach uh and the title says life coach lager and right underneath it it just says suck it up which is probably uh you know uh, may it may be the safety brief right there. That may be the safety brief. Sometimes life hands you a shit sandwich. Life coach logger says, "Suck it up." It would be great if the life coach logger was a really good beer. It was 
not that good. <laughs> I think I gave it a three two five on Untapped. I mean, it just it it was a little bit. Uh, it's a logger, but it was pretty harsh. Um, like it had a f- weird kind of aftertaste to it. Love, as everyone knows, if you've listened to the show before, Dak and Dave love a good name. And if you put a funny name on a beer, I'm damn sure I'm going to drink it. But uh, Life Coach Lager, they, they need to suck it up and put out another batch because that thing wasn't that good. <laughs> All right, noted. All right, I'm going to roll into uh... – hey <laughs> – Tell me if I've done this beer before. I don't think I have, but there's a damn good <laughs> chance I have. I don't know. I'm running out of shit to talk about. I need to I need to go to a different state. Actually, I will be this weekend. I'm coming to see your dumbass, Dave. So we will roll up on some uh singles and bring back a a good truckload of new beer. But uh I've got a Arkansas local. This is from New Province. This is probably my favorite. A uh, brewery in the state, very low key, very small, but good people. And um, this is the Beaver Lake S'more Stout. Have I talked about that before? I don't think so. Now, my relationship with S'more as in a beer flavor, I've tried two it's and they both Shiner. failed. Yeah, Shiners did it, and then I tried another one from Boulevard, and they both were not that good. So, tell me how this one worked out. Yeah, the the Shiner one is like drinking chocolate syrup. And you drink about a third of it and you want to yak and go to bed. So this is not that. Uh, this is more subtle. I mean, it does have that like marshmallowy graham cracker kind of flavor profile to it with some cacao uh, in there. But uh, very subtle. It is sweet, but you can drink one or two of these and be like, I'm satiated. That that worked for me. I don't want to blow my guts out. The cool thing for me about this uh this beer, it's called the Beaver Lake S'more Stout. Beaver Lake's a, a pretty, it's a fantastically nice lake here in Arkansas. Um, and so on their can, it says, no water, no beer. Beer is over 90%. Water, making it one of the most important ingredients for flavor and quality. And then blah, blah, blah. They give a portion of their proceeds back to the Beaver Watershed Alliance, which I thought's pretty cool, like. Um, making beer is getting harder and harder. Like we can't harvest the hops as well. The, the grains as well. Water's not, you know, a dime a dozen anymore. And so to protect the thing that we love, I guess our planet, but really beer, uh, you know, let's be conscious about it. And so, uh, new province is doing that. So I'm all about that. So good beer, good cause, good label. I'm all in. Yeah, I think that's smart, right? Uh, you know, we've seen just from a business perspective, we've seen a lot of folks that have pushed in the last probably decade or so. And probably it's generational as the baby boomers kind of uh, get out to pasture and then the next generation God. comes in. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, but the focus on like small, like small business, you know, whether it's like small business Friday or you have small business after Black Friday or whatever, Uh but focusing on like, hey, it's cool to buy local too. And a lot of people are willing to pay a couple extra bucks to buy something. And then you throw in like a good cause like that. I mean, hell, that's why I buy my coffee from Black Rifle Coffee Company and not from fucking Starbucks or whatever. It's 
it's a little bit more expensive, but damn it, you know, they, they support a lot of the organizations and like veteran organizations that I support. So might as well give them my money. Yeah. And you would, you would lay with uh, Matt best and I don't mean to take a nap. So he's a good looking dude. So, I mean, <laughs> no shame in that game. <clears throat> All right. Moving All right. on before uh, Dave blushes, let's get into some golf. Tell me about the golf this week. Okay, so normally, right, so this is the initial, you know, it's the very beginning of the golf season. So uh, really, we probably, I mean, we talked a little bit. We talked about the PNC with uh, Tiger and Charlie, um, but it's more about it's more about stories than it is about actually following. We're not that big into golf where we need to cover who's up every week, although, hell, we may have to here in a little bit. But uh, it's that or week, like. It's that or like kickboxing and slap contest. So we're going to be running thin here shortly. Yeah. The sl- <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. The slap thing. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I'm not you know, into like, that, man. It's a CTE championship. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So Colin Morikawa. I, I think Antonio Brown won that one already. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No shit. Yeah. That's for sure. But uh, so at Kapalua in Hawaii, Colin Morikawa is tied in golf's history for choking away the largest 56-hole lead ever. Ever. Six-shot lead into the final round of golf, and the winner, John Rahm, actually came back from seven shots back, and uh, Colin Morikawa loses Kapalua with six shots in 18 holes. Now – Rory McIlroy, when he was, what was that, the Masters, when he was up like, no, it couldn't have been the Masters. I think it was a major, though. He was up like four shots going into the final round. I mean, or maybe it was five shots. That one's got to be a close one, too. I mean, yeah, I'd have probably, to for, probably for a major. That that may be the, the highest for a major. Jordan Spieth has the highest for a major, if you remember. Well, there you uh, go. Good, good pull six, out of your ass there. Remember, remember 16 uh, at going into – uh, what is it? Sam's Creek. What is it? The creek that runs through. Anyways, Amen Corner. He puts three shots into the water at 16. Mm. And, oh, and yeah. Okay. Posts, yeah. A, posts a 10 and ends up losing. I think he had a four shot lead with like with five to play or something like that. But so that sucks, right? Sucks for Colin Morikawa. <laughs> he only loses by one. Like it wasn't like he, I mean, he had a bad day. Obviously, some guys had a shot phenomenal golf. Uh, he birdies the last hole, only loses by one. But again, going back to it, and I don't know what the fuck is wrong with the PGA Tour. As soon as he gets off the 18th green and signs his scorecard, yep. he gets a mic shoved in his face and says, what happened? Literally, that was the question. What happened out there? And if I was him, I would have broke that fucking night that – Mike over my knee and I'm like I don't know Doris I fucking hooked it on 10 I sliced it on 11 get off my ass that that is just some dumb ass shit right there like why this guy is having the worst day of his professional career can you break it down for us Colin uh where did it go wrong I don't know fucking Nancy probably when I put two in the water they are on seven dude you know what you, that would be the greatest thing ever like as soon as you blow a giant lead, they they shove the mic in your face. And you're like, "What what happened out there?" And you just play it like, "What the fuck do you mean? What happened?" 
like oh you you know like you you hit it into the water like wait what no i i won what do you and just play it like completely cool like you just totally didn't blow a lead or you know just completely deflect the entire time yeah i i that's one of dave's hot takes he hates that shit that he hates that and i i agree i mean that would piss me off too look all I'm gonna say, I totally, I agree that it would piss me off if they shoved a mic in my face. But as a, as the viewer sitting on the couch holding a beer, I freaking love it. Like you've, <laughs> for instance, like two weeks ago, <laughs> you've got, you've got, uh, I, I can't remember who the player was, but it was the New England Patriots player when they're playing backyard football. They're tied. It's the the clock's running out. They're gonna send it into overtime. And this yeah. jabroni, oh yeah, 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 <laughs> launches yeah. it back right into the 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 arms of this uh, D tackle for the Raiders, who just runs it in for a touchdown and wins the game. And I I just I'd love to see what they're thinking. Like, like <laughs> what were you thinking when you looked at the scoreboard and you were tied and you thought I'm gonna try this out for shits and giggles and see what happens? Like, and I I kind of get it from the perspective in golf where it's more professional and it's like, you know, what were you thinking or what, you know, what was going on? But I also really like to hear like a couple of knuckleheads try to try to come up with some kind of story for why they did the ridiculous shit they did on the field. Knuckleheads. I love that term. Just here. What are you doing? Knucklehead. That's great. Uh, that That's a good point though, because you know, from the athlete's perspective, that really sucks. But without the viewer eating Cheetos on the couch with a Miller lot, there is no golf, you know? So <laughs> yep. you got to play to what makes money. So there you go. And Plus you got the, you got the whole thing of, you know, it's like, what if, you know, this guy, it's like, you know, hundred pounds. They're like, what, what a fucking idiot. I would have done better than that. Like, how no, did you blow that? no steve you probably wouldn't have all i think of when i when the, the interview was going on was the part in tin cup where he's like hey you want to i want to hit the big stick like no you don't and they snap it over his knee and then he just ends up breaking like all his clubs except a seven iron that's what i would have done if she'd asked me that like well i fucking snapped my driver crack i would have I I bladed my I bladed my four iron crack i part out with a seven iron you ever done that well, no, Roy, I haven't. It's never crossed my mind before. If you've never listened to the podcast before, Tim comes my favorite movies. Tune in. Two hours later, I'll quote this whole motherfucker for you. And look, look, I'll take this a step further, too. And and I'll bring this thing full circle to some original Drink and Think Nation episodes. When are we going to start interviewing some damn referees? You know, hey, I am sick and damn tired of sitting there on my couch, six Miller lights deep. And I can see on the damn replay that that's clearly a touchdown. And somehow it gets overturned when the calling the ruling on the field is a touchdown. I'm like, how did you come up? Like what in your mind caused you to come up with like, what did you see that the other 10 million people watching this same game didn't see? that somehow made this call get overturned. Yep. Yes. Some refs be getting some good NIL deals, I guess too. But uh, um, 
I think, you know, I think that the the networks, it's been funny to see them kind of toe the line because they obviously have an agreement with the referees association of, hey, we're not just going to completely like shit on these refs. And but they bring in the ref, you know, the like former referee that's like, hey, what you think about that? You know, Terry and Terry's like, that's a pretty shitty call right there, champ. I don't know. Uh, and they're like, yeah, but, you know, it's a bang, bang play. Like, well, he hit him a five, five minutes before the ball got there, but whatever. Yeah, no, I, everyone knows where I stand on this. I think if you're going to make the big calls that change games, you need to answer for them. All right, so this is maybe the best segue we've ever had on this show because Johnny O's talking about way back throwbacks here to OG uh, drink and think, and then we're talking about blowing leads and all this nonsense. So I want to move on to our OG segment here where we, we used to talk about our uh, our top three, right? So we're going to mix it up because, you know, top three used to be an hour in itself because we, we dived freaking nut first into that rabbit hole and so we're gonna break it down and uh we're gonna we're gonna start calling this segment definitely probably so we are going to bring up one thing each week and instead of our top three it's just gonna be number one so the best this go the top this go and so um two and oh to uh georgia fans out there and just kicking the dog shit out of TCU. We thought we'd start this segment out this week by talking about the biggest ass whooping in sports history in our humble opinions. So any sport, number one, biggest ass whooping. We'll, uh, we'll lead off with our guest here, Johnny O. Oh man. Well, on the spot. Yeah. You got me on the spot on this one. Um, So I feel like for starters, you could pretty much pick, any USA men's basketball team in the Olympics against, you know, Lithuania, Nigeria, Croatia, <laughs> you name it. And it, you look back at that score and it's like 160 to 42. And, you know, they're setting records for like, oh, 78 points in the first quarter. So I think all those aside, um, and I, I really – didn't dive too deep into the the history of sports when I went looking for mine, but I I just thought about I love college football and I loved college football this year and it's fresh in my mind. So I went I went for uh, a, a recent game between ACC teams. The Syracuse Orange played Wagner this year, and an ass oh, yeah an ass whooping in my opinion is when the teams get together at half and decide you know what. We've got all these fans that came here for this game, but we're getting our ass handed to us so bad that we're going to have to shorten the quarters. And <laughs> they literally cut the, the quarters to 10 minutes apiece in the third and fourth quarter because they went into half and it was 49 to nothing Syracuse over Wagner. Now it only ended up being 59 to nothing, but I just love that the teams went in at half and we're like, yo, we, we got to do something about this. Cause this is getting out of hand. So if you got a mercy rule in like a borderline professional sport, that to me is, is, is a handy ass whipping. I like That's that. Good. I like that too. That is like, eighth grade peewee basketball on an eight foot rim kind of <laughs> shit. Like, so we got to cut this. You got to cut these quarters down. This is bad. 
All right, Dave, what you got, big boy? All right, and so people are going to wonder why with this one, but I, I will explain it. No, we won't. Let me let me take it back. Let me take us back, folks. The year is 1982. All right. 1982 playoffs, NFL playoffs. Cowboys beat the Buccaneers <laughs> 38 to nothing. This is back in the year Tony Dorsett getting things done in the backfield. Doug Williams, the quarterback for the Buccaneers, throws four picks and four different Cowboys rush for a touchdown that day. And that is what I'm speaking into existence for this weekend as the Cowboys face the Buccaneers in the wild card round. We won a 38 to nothing win, boys. Did we lose to Sam Howell last weekend? Yes. <laughs> In his first NFL start to a team that has already been eliminated from the playoffs. But that doesn't mean we can't beat the Buccaneers 38 to nothing. Let's make it happen. All right. I'll save my comments for when we get into the NFL a little bit later. But. Nope, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. It's going to be bad. Okay. Um, let me explain my comments later. Like, as soon as you said a Cowboys game, like, every listener that's listened to this podcast for eight seconds knew that you were going to pick a freaking Cowboys game. So, no surprise at all. Um, and so, you guys picked kind of, um, you know, relevant to this year. Real quick. How, ma how many – uh? How many postseason games has Dak Prescott won? Oof. One. I actually think this year he's gonna win one too. But that that's it. Let's I go. Th I think he'll I think he'll get one and then it's done. But that's just my take on that. Continue. Sorry. All right. Well, hey, we'll dive in. We're got we got a whole NFL uh shit fest about we can get in the NFC and how, you know. I digress. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so to round out the definitely, probably you pick something, Johnny O's relevant to this year. Surprise, surprise, Dave picked something relevant to the Cowboys. Um, so I went completely obscure and off the wall. I went digging to find what I thought was the most random ass whooping in the history of sports. I think I found it, um, in the year of 2008, Slovakia defeated Bulgaria <laughs> in a qualifying tournament for the 2010 Winter Olympics. Slovakia beat, oh, hold on. In what's women's so hockey. Sport? Okay. <laughs> women's I was hockey. Say, is this curling? And this, oh, dude, curling goes hard. All right. Women's hockey. Slovakia beat Bulgaria. 82 to zero. What? In a hockey game. So that's what that, that caught my eye because, you know, basketball, sure, whatever. Football, sure, whatever. To, to score 82 goals in a hockey game 
is bananagrams to me. And then also shutout, like complete shutout on the other side. So I may have to go look this game up because it is it is intriguing to me to how a, a hockey game can be 82 to zero. So uh, there is there's Dak's biggest ass whooping. You know, they pulled the goalie on like the third minute of the first period. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what. Ha- yeah. Like, how did that there's happen? No, there's no way that there's a professional hockey goalie letting 82 slide past you. I mean, yeah, a got well fucking trained- Helen Keller between the pipes back there. Just, it's like, just, ah, <laughs> did it go in, guys? To- Shit. <laughs> 82 goals in three periods of hockey. Like, that is impressive. That's amazing. Damn. That is that is a good one. That's a good okay. one. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll drink to I was that. I was, I was proud of digging that one out of the, the deep doldrums of sports stats. So, all right. So, now we can finally get into the NFL. Um, Dave already said that I got my ass beat in the Pick'em Challenge in college. Well, I also got my ass beat in fantasy football, but not as bad as Dave did. So, why don't we recap our season? We have 12 teams. Dave, where'd you finish, you piece of shit? I think, I think 10th. 11th. 11th. No, I, I made it to 10th, I thought. 11th. Okay. There was only one turd burglar. 12-team league. There was only one turd burglar below the great Dave. And he's my cousin by marriage. Not Dave. He won't say that. The the person that lost. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. 11th place. Because you were in the toilet bowl. You lost in the toilet bowl. All right, I'll leave it there. Uh, I'm also pretty upset um, about this whole fantasy shakedown because I had a quarter of my team play for the Buffalo Bills the week that they did not get any points. And so, you know, I was leading pretty much all season up until like week nine or ten. I was undefeated. Big Rich was clearly the better – Clearly had the better team, but I was undefeated through nine, ten weeks. And then kind of shit the bed there when Cup went down. I digress. We were in the final four. It was three versus four, and I lost a quarter of my team. Which the reason that was important to me is because a podium finish, and it was a money spot. So I got I got dicked down in Dallas. So there you go. I'm salty. Great, great song, by the way. Oh, it's legendary. Rail down Raleigh. I mean, we could go on. That's a great song. It's an all-time karaoke party starter, if you pull that one out, let me say. But to to, to segue off of that, uh, I won my league this year for the second year. 10-team hey. PPR. Big uh, – to- totally with you there. Um, I had Stefan Diggs and Jamar Chase. And so watching Hamlin go down and then them not come back out in the championship. And I basically lose two players and somehow still ended up winning the league. Uh, but for a week there, I mean, very tight butthole. Um, yep. Just <laughs> just uh, shitting a brick, you know, over over this 
over this uh this fantasy league. Luckily, we're not a we're not a punishment league. We were a money league. We used to be a punishment league. Yeah, we're both. <laughs> <laughs> That's legendary. Yep. Uh, I did see, and I wanted to bring this up because I thought this was really smart. I did see uh, some folks posting that they played out the game. So the yeah. the the Bills, uh, they played out the game Madden simulation of the Bills Bengals game, and then based on the 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 score of that game and the stats, that's how they scored those Bills Bengals players to make it an even even shot. I honestly think that Yahoo and ESPN should have gotten on that train and right? should have been like, you know what? We're going to run this. We got fucking supercomputers back in the back. We're going to run the simulation a hundred times and we're going to take the average and that's what you're going to score. Okay. Reasonable. Here's two other reasonable freaking options. You, most leagues are back to back. Um, you tally the the points from the last two weeks to play out, right? So you double the bills points from the that week to give you the previous week or two, you just give their season average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Instead of, Oh, let's, let's just close our eyes and pretend this goes away. And so my answer that I got, and I'm going to shit on big rich for this was you're probably going to lose anyway. Well, <laughs> fuck Roger <laughs> that. Thanks. Commission. And and look, I don't want this to take away from the whole Demar Hamlet situation. I know, it, right, right, Dak, you and I had had numerous conversations and, and texts about this, about what's you know when it happened on the field and how terrible yeah. it was. And there's no way they're coming back out to play this game. And you know, we certainly felt for Demar Hamlin and felt for his family. And you know, it was it was so cool to see an outpouring of love for this player. Um, you know, even for his GoFundMe, you know, to to reach eight million dollars when it was only set to initially raise twenty five hundred. I mean, right? Hey, totally get it. However, that being said, every time I turned on ESPN or any sportscast in the last week, it was thirty seconds of news, and then some guy standing outside of UC Hospital, given like, you know some story about he talked to some guy coming out the lobby who may or may not know where DeMar Hamlin is and what's going on. And, and so that kind of got a little frustrating, but um, I mean, in regards to to fantasy football, super frustrating going into the championship with, with a quarter of your team going down when you're, you're playing for money. Yeah. And Hey, like, like Johnny alluded to, and I said last week, it's fantasy football, so it's a game about a game, and it's not about real life. So, obviously, that takes priority. But we're a sports cop podcast, and we're competitive idiots who want to win. And so, I got shafted, and Dave almost lost the league. So, you're lucky your ass didn't do a punishment this coming up week or two. So, what was your punishment for your league? We, uh, the the winner gets to decide. So, what's the, on the table? Um, well, so honestly. My brother-in-law and I thought we one of the two of us were certainly going to win this league. All season, we were we were in the hot seat, like crushing it. And then we both shat to bed. And so um, there was a couple of things thrown out there. My thing was, if like if Dave was last, I was going to make him run. I was going to buy him an 18-pack. And mile one, this. he had to yep, drink a beer. Mile two, eat a cheeseburger. Mile three, and then et cetera, et cetera. 
or, you know, each beer you drink, you, you cut a mile, something like that. Cause you know, he's skinny with a big head and likes to run. Um, the other things that were thrown out there was like retake the SAT or the ACT until you score a higher score than you originally did. Um, Jesus, that costs money though. Yeah. Yeah. That costs a hell of a lot of money. It costs like a hundred bucks to take that. Better study. Uh, I don't know. We've got a league here. One of my friends runs this league and they make the loser take the SAT while the rest of them tailgate in the parking lot. Oh, that's so good. And so good, which I love. I also love the the public punishments like, hey, that like there was that one where the guy they made him uh, play in. What was it? A PGA Tour event or the a golf tournament? Yeah. Yes. And, yes. And, which was a qualifying event legendary i mean yes it is just talk about embarrassing like you're you're you know you're hitting over 120 like there's no chance that you're even getting within double digits (laughs) yeah all right so plenty of uh plenty of not so fun days and some bad punishment there uh, but there has been some coaches here. Now we gotten to the end of the season that are having some not so fun days and getting punished for some random stuff. So what do you got over there, Dak? All right. So we've got some coaching changes, but I want to start with the, the one that kind of preceded the other two. And then there are more to come. Don't you worry. But Nathaniel Hackett boy, like who did he, like, how did he convince anyone to give him a job and like, as an NFL head coach, it blows my mind some of the wild shit that he would do. And like, you know, Dave's hot about timeouts. Like, hey, if he's playing Madden, if you give Dave NFL coach for a day, he's blowing three timeouts before opening kickoff. He's like, guys, we're not set up right. Timeout. Timeout. And then but Nathaniel Hackett, however, like to save his. And so doesn't matter because he's not a head coach anymore in the NFL. Um, any thoughts on him? I mean, my big question is who is going there? I have an idea about that, but I would like to hear who you guys think will take over as the Broncos head coach. I mean, I I think from a team perspective and for as trying to attract hires, I think they're going to struggle a little bit. Um, So there's going to be coaches that come in that they're going to have their warning flags up because you got. This is just you hating on Russ, though. So try not to be biased here. Because you got somebody like Russ that's fucking (laughs) like doing high knees in the plane over to England and like can't have a normal fucking conversation. So uh, and who finally scored more touchdowns than he has bathrooms in his house. But um, I think they've got a good GM. And so I I think I know that Sean Payton is sitting out there, right? I think who obviously he's been out of the game for a little bit, but, you know, he obviously he had a a good career at uh, the Saints minus all of the uh, like trying to injure players unintentionally part. Uh, But yeah, I think that that's probably uh, one of your best ones. And then, I know that Jim Harbaugh has come into some conversations. I know that there's been rumors that he's flown down to Denver to interview for that. And let's not forget, Jim Harbaugh took the 49ers to a Super Bowl. Uh, so, you know, lost to his brother there. So 
Uh, he's, he's not, he, it's not like he had a terrible NFL career. There's plenty of people like Nathaniel Hackett that had sure as shit a lot worse. John, any comments? I, I, you know, I had this whole thing tuned up, but, um, my good co-host here just took it right out from under me. I agree. I think Sean Payton is the, is the play here. I think he's probably the best on the market that would, that, that could pick up a Denver team where it is and make it better with Russ. Dave's best friend. Look, I 100% agree. Sean Payton is certainly the best coach on the market, and he's going to be able to name his price. You got the Arizona Cardinals that are now looking for a coach, which I love Ugh. that. Fi- I love that firing. I think that was no. I think that was fantastic. You look at Cliff Kingsbury's record, 35 and 40 at Texas Tech. The guy got the job, and all I remember is him drafting from his multi-million dollar house sitting in the living room watching TV. Okay. So love the fact that he's out of there. Kyler probably is still playing call of duty somewhere. JJ Watts going to be out. Uh, I think Sean Payton is 100% going to be pinning the two of these teams against each other about where he's going to go now or Houston. But I honestly don't think he wants to go to Houston. I agree. I think he's looking at Arizona or Denver where what I want to see is, I don't know if you remember Brian Brian Flores down in Miami. Of course. When Brian Flores won the last eight games of the season and somehow he ends up getting fired because the staff for the GM or whatever doesn't like him. Well, now he's up in, in Pittsburgh as a linebackers coach. And I want to see that guy get a second chance. And I think he will. I think he'll get a second chance, whether it's at Houston, whether it's at Arizona and and he should, he should, the players like him. He's, he's a good coach. He wins games. And granted, I, I love what Miami's got going on right now. I think they, they hit a home run uh, with their head coach, but we'll, we'll see how, how it shakes out. I really think Jim Harbaugh is just playing this whole coach thing in order to get a to get a raise at Michigan in my opinion well I, I'm you know I stole Dak's take and you stole mine there I think Brian Flores <laughs> and obviously and you know he's still got and I don't remember I don't know if it's been settled yet he's still got an outgoing lawsuit about getting right. fired uh, unlawful termination there in in Miami which hasn't exactly had the prettiest like record as far as having some misdoings off the field uh, so yeah, I love that. I, I think that especially in an Arizona where you have a quarterback, probably that you need to be have you need to have a really personable coach. You know, Sean Payton, obviously, you know he's a quarterback's coach, right? You know, we saw what he did with Drew Brees, um, but I think Brian Flores may be a better fit in Arizona, especially needing some leadership, having a gap there with JJ Watt. Uh, out i mean we we give a lot of shit to russ here let's not let's not kid ourselves though he's a good quarterback right and so i think if you put what 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 no he's Dude, he is like, a good he is he has journeyed through the nfl for years he is he has made a name he is better than a lot of the quarterbacks out there he is making some like, questions are we calls. saying are we saying he's like top 10 in the nfl right now is that like what, a, what do you say when you say he's whole... a when you say he's a good quarterback? I would rate him as he's there's 32 teams in the NFL. 
he's probably sitting around like 15. Hmm. The stats this year would would say that it's even lower than that. Right. I mean, I, I really but, but, like Russ. But how his teammates would see him as, you know, not very genuine and kind of fake. And I, I just don't know if Denver was really the move for him. Like, I, I, I don't. I don't think it was there. I think that was a bad – I think it was bad. I don't disagree with you there, Johnny O. But what I will say is in the right system and playing the right – with the right line and with the right coach, he has made things happen. So, yes, if you looked at his stats right now, he's probably well below half and he's had an ass of a season. But he was playing behind freaking dipshit sandwich Nathaniel Hackett. So, okay – Let's remove those stats, but then put an asterisk next to the season because, I mean, that's a wash. You bring in a dude who knows how to coach quarterbacks, especially someone um, that, you know, similar in style like Russ, things could change. That's all I'm saying. I, I And I I think that of the open teams right now that, that Denver is probably the move for him. I I don't disagree. I mean, he he definitely has plenty of talent to to play. I mean, we've seen the throws that he's able to put together. He's getting up in the years, so the the talent may not be there like it was back in the the good old days of Seattle. But I'm not saying extend him. I'm just saying match a coach to his abilities. They don't need to because they got his ass for five more years. Also true. Unless, unless, I mean, there's a potential number of different changes that are going to happen in the offseason. There's grumblings about Sean McVay and the Rams just not wanting to do a rebuild year and wanting to get out of there. You've got grumblings about, well, Aaron Rodgers now can't win to get into the playoffs, so maybe he's going to leave. you got Washington, who doesn't have a starting quarterback. So you just you got a lot of moves and shifts that are happening right. outside the NFL, and you never know who's going to leave and go where. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that because I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. And um, does he leave? And if it's so okay, trade or retire? We uh we put this on the Instagram the other day and got some pretty good feedback on it. Trade or retire? Does he trade? And if he is traded to a new team, where does he go or does he retire? I think uh, – I don't think he gets traded. Um, I don't think he wants to have to go to a new system, learn a new system. Uh, and for all the the Aaron Rodgers haters out there, you watch that game back, like he's doing – like he's doing damn near all he can – other than doing other than cheetah flips to try to get into the end zone. I mean, drop after drop, just com- choking away opportunities and good on DC and the, and the Detroit lions getting this pumped up for that game. But um, I think he's honestly, I, I'm split because on one hand it's, he's in a franchise that has refused to listen to him for five years saying that he needs offensive line and he needs wide receivers. And on the other hand, he's also like, he could be like, you know, I'm done. And he, I'm going to go sit in a booth and get paid $300 million a year. 
I think he's like Tom Brady. He's got that competitive edge where he's like, I still right. got one more in me. And I mean, you look at Peyton Manning, right? He went from the Colts to, to the Broncos and he still won a championship. And I believe Aaron Rodgers has that same mindset. And you're totally right. His franchise has screwed him. You're not going to give me any offensive linemen. You're not going to give me any wide receivers to deal with. And you're going to like force me to have to develop these guys around me. Like this is the professionals. Like give, give, give me some, some all-stars, like let's go win the damn thing. And, and they refuse and it's, they're shooting themselves in the foot and he's going to get tired of it at some point. Look, Arizona would rather have me or whoever like, why not go in there? Well, as you mentioned, Arizona, uh, I would love to see him reunite with his old homeboy, Devontae Adams, and go to the Raiders. Yes, sir. I think it's possible, right? I mean, like, cars on the bench, that's a done deal. He's going somewhere, and it ain't Vegas. So, you know, does Brady go there? Does Aaron Rodgers go there? Do they go after a old school OG quarterback? Do they try to stag somebody new? I mean, Johnny O's point is spot on. There are so many potential moves this year in the quarterback position. It is unreal. I mean, uh, it's not necessarily – so you go into a market where you're an instant star, right? Like he, He's a star in Green Bay. You come down to Vegas, I mean, obviously, he's an instant star. Uh, you've but got he has Darren, weapons. Yeah, Darren he's Waller, got Darren who's, Waller. Who's probably one of the – probably the most athletic tight end that's out there. Josh Jacobs, great running back. Hunter Renfro. Hunter yeah. Renfro. And I – mean, Give me that whole offense. Exactly. There's no reason they should not be better. You've got a GM that's got just fuck off money. So he, he, you know, he's probably willing to pay the salary cap bust to go out there and, or figure out a way like the, like Tampa Bay does where they, and the Rams where they just like move money around shell corporations and be like, Oh, look at that. We've hired this new guy. Uh, Salary cap. What's that? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, that's I, the perfect I, I don't mind that. They will need to get a new um, coach. That's let's not forget about that. Josh McDaniels is an absolute yeah, yep. fucking nightmare as a coach. So if we want to put another team that needs something, I think if you were like, "Hey, Aaron, why don't you want to come out to Las Vegas?" He's going to say Josh McDaniels because there you go. The, there you go. that guy you is go. a has licked. He's a fucking Windex tasting champion. Like licked every window. From here, Kansas to Las Vegas. Peyton, Sean, Rodgers to Vegas with that offensive receiving core and running back. That's dangerous. I mean, I could even see Sean McVay go, Sean McVay taking Aaron Rodgers and going over to Vegas. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. It, it's funny that you bring up. McDaniels, I don't know what it is about these organizations that can't hire a good head coach. It it blows my mind. You got Adam Gase and you've got these guys who who literally are are like con men for millions of dollars who run these organizations into the ground. The one that the one that always sticks out in my mind is is from the NCAA, but it's Willie Taggart at FSU. You lose Jimbo (laughs) Fisher to Texas A&M and you hire this guy with a losing record who can't seem to coach to save his life thinking that he's going to revive your program. And I I don't understand the hiring process, whether it's the NCAA or the NFL, but 
they, they must not be doing the homework that we think they're doing because <laughs> some of these coaches come in here and put up one for 15, one for 16, and, and just they look ridiculous. I wish I could see the interviews because to the outside looking in and like bullshitting with my boys, it's like a simple vibe check. Like you look at some of those dudes and you go, Dude, that's not a head coach in the NFL. Like, what are you doing? How did this guy make it here? And so I don't, yeah, I don't know what the hell they're doing. I completely agree with you. But then you got guys like Brian Flores, right. That we already touched on. And you got guys like Lovey Smith who granted, you know, the Texans had a terrible year, but if you look in between the numbers there, like play the chiefs into overtime, like, play all these teams, Dan, the Cowboys beat him in the last play or second to last play of the game. Like the, his team was not the TCU. They played and competed every single week, it seemed like, especially for the big games, which tells you that he's got like, that he's got a pretty good culture. And then at the end of the year, when he came into an absolute nightmare, they fire him anyways. It, because he's the scape, yeah, he's the scapegoat for a toxic and piece of shit organization that needs to really do some self-reflecting here. I mean, Dave, how many times have we talked about letting the coach develop over years and making something his own? How do you fix, especially in the NFL, college different story, a lot of that, you know, notwithstanding NIL and transfer portal, but like, you know, you can go get dudes off the street to come play for you. That's college. The NFL, like there's a, this is a business. How do you change a business and go from complete fucking butthole to respectable in one year? You don't. And if you did, it was a freak accident. So the fact that Lovey didn't fix it in one year and he competed and he changed a lot of what was in that locker room, Texans are idiots. And I think they blew this big. Totally yeah. Great. Yeah. I, and I mean, we could have a whole freaking leadership podcast about that, about yeah. whether whether it's the you know NFL or whether it's the military about you know expecting the organizations to turn on a dime. Uh, and you got to take you got to take the small wins, and that's hard to do in a. But it, again, if you're the Texans, I also think like, is it hard to do? I mean, you're not like this prestigious like you're not this prestigious team that's that somehow has a lot to give and no like you've struggled i mean you you competed you know and like randomly throughout the the you know your lifespan but basically since you know since you came down there you've been kind of a mediocre team so what what's the risk in giving him another year and if they say, well, he didn't do it at Chicago, uh, well, that's also Chicago, and Chicago hasn't done shit since Lovey Smith either. Right. Yeah, completely agree. And, and not to get too deep into the weeds, but the problem really comes from the generation and the society where it's win now or you're done. Right. Yep. You look at the you look at the Eagles. And they had they won it win a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson, and then the guy Bro. has a terrible season, and he's gone. And look at him he he's down in Jacksonville, now in a great situation, taking a team that was in the dumps, 
up to to the uh, well beyond what they were, in my opinion, capable of. Simply because wild card baby there, and I I can't stand when organizations throw a guy or dump a guy because it's like oh well we had a rough year and this isn't what we expected or our fans expect more no maybe you need to tell your fans like hey guys we've done really well and this isn't what we're capable of but it, it, it's another season in the books and we're going to come back next year stronger and better yep expectation management i completely agree dude um, all right, so let's move on. Let's get into actual the projections here. So let's look at the NFL playoff picture and uh, the next games coming up this week. So interestingly enough, all six games are going to be rematches. This is only the fifth time this has happened uh, since the merger. Yeah, so we're going to see some new parentheses, old faces coming to the playoffs this year. Uh, Jags haven't been there since 2017. You just mentioned them. Uh, definitely on the up and up. Oh, Sunshine Trevor Lawrence is is making things happen. I'm all about it. You got the Giants who haven't been there t- since 2016. And you got the, the Finns. Dolphins haven't been there since 16 either, oh, which Trevor Lawrence. really supr- – Yeah. Hold on, what? Who that? Fuck Trevor Lawrence. Sorry. Sorry, continue. Oh, oh. Ah. Clemson guy. Okay, touche. Uh, and then the Dolphins, like I said, 2016, which very much surprised me. You know, one thing that I, I want to add to your list is the Seahawks and going back to organizations that we thought were done, right? Uh, and with, you know, going back to, you know, Russ at the helm, we're not very competitive, but you got Geno Smith, a guy that got his job broke getting into a fight and then the New York Jets goes out there, puts up some numbers and then got them into a playoff spot when no one gave them a freaking chance this year so i don't like p carroll i think p carroll is weird and like the kind of weird. guy that if you got into a conversation you just come away like yeah that's a that's a weird dude like like 50 chance he's got bodies in his fridge but you know getting getting it done there and if i'm not mistaken i believe gina will be uh russ's single season throwing yards record for Seattle. Uh, I think he beat the franchise record. So correct me if I'm wrong. That's but I, wild. I think he threw for like 4,600 yards or something ridiculous. That is, that would be wild if he beat it in this, this season. So I, I I'm all about him. Uh, they wrote, I didn't write back. So, okay. Uh, AFC picture here. One thing that I thought was very interesting Oh, Patty Mahomes is the oldest quarterback in the AFC championship. Oh, boy's 27. That blows my mind. I think that just means we're getting old. Like, that blows Maybe. my mind as well. But I think it's just because, like, if you're in your 30s, like like Aaron Rodgers is only, like, a, like a couple years older than we are. I can still do it, Dave. Sign me up. No, for fuck's sake. I can go catch balls. Okay, All moving right. on. AFC picture here is going to be absolutely the thing to watch here. So, you know, obviously everybody and their mother wants a Bills-Chiefs rematch from last year. Bengals may have something to say about that. Uh, in my humble opinion, maybe it's a little biased, but I think the Bills have the hardest road to the Super Bowl here. So 
They have to play the Dolphins, which, okay, they're a seven seed. Got it. But the Dolphins are a good team, dude. And they split one and one this season, both teams winning at home, both games by three points or less. But only if Tua plays. And that's right. not confirmed Thanks. yet. Nope. And so Tua and Teddy might be out. And so Skylar Thompson may be at the helm, which would change everything. Staying in the AFC, uh, Ravens have no chance against the Bengals. Not a prayer. And it, 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 I love Lamar. I think Lamar is a freaking machine, but they got no chance against the Bengals. Bengals are getting it done there, whether Lamar plays or not. Oh, and if uh, if Lamar like if the Ravens don't lock up Lamar, they we can put them up on the list with the stupidest franchises ever. Browns. Uh, Sorry, I don't know where that come from. <laughs> Just uh, Freudian is a Freudian slip there. Stupidest yep. franchises ever. Yep, you're welcome, Matt. Um, okay. I mean, I hope they got a good masseuse in Cleveland because they're going to need it. Oh, I'm sure they do. Don't you worry. So that, that's interesting. You think that they don't have a, a chance in hell, even with Lamar. Um, you, you already mentioned the Jags. Do you think the Jags will take the, mm-hmm. the dub over the Chargers? I think that one's a tough one. I think uh, Jags, I think the Jags got an it depends on how they can handle Nick Bosa, honestly, because if he's parked out in 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 the backfield, and you know Trevor Lawrence is just lucky that that jersey doesn't show grass stains, then uh, you know it's not even going to be close. But uh, I think you know the Jags have a good they have a pretty good defense that can hold up, um, but. I don't know. I think the Chargers, the offensive power of the Chargers, and then Nick Bosa is going to get it done. I agree. I, I My favorite part of the offseason was watching the Jaguars pay, you know, Zay Jones like $70 million and, and whoever their other wide receiver was because I was just thinking, like, y'all are a bunch of idiots. Like, and was it Christian Kirk? That I mean, they paid these yep. two guys that are yep. bottom tier or middle of the road receivers, like top dollar. And and truthfully, like, sorry, they're not Keenan Allen. Um, and I just I like Justin Herbert better than I like Trevor Lawrence for obvious reasons. Uh, um, and I I think the Chargers are proven. I think. Uh, I think the Jags have gotten hot in the second part of the season. And yeah, it's a beautiful story. And Doug Peterson's going to do great things with the Jags, you know, in, in the seasons to come. But I think, I think this is the Chargers uh, year, especially to go, to go play Kansas city. And I think that's going to be a great game to watch those two quarterbacks duke it out. But I, I don't see Trevor Lawrence taking, taking the Jags. All right. Fair points. All right. So NFC, let's move on. Let's talk about something besides the Cowboys getting their ass beat by Tom Brady. Begin. Um, I'll I'll go right out front, and you know, a lot of people have said, talked about the Vikings, and yes, their record looks really good, right? But they have not. 
like handled business when it comes to like the point spread. And I don't know. And I know that, that Dak's a big fan. I think the the Giants have kind of the right uh they kind of they have the right mindset. They have the right culture going on there. And I think they're gonna come out. I think that's gonna be a tough game, not because necessarily that the Vikings, the Giants are the better team, but just because for some reason the Vikings cannot like have any kind of defense. Yeah, I mean, I do like their culture there. I think they've got a, a good coach, and and he is a leader, and he's doing good things there. At the end of the day, all I know is nobody wants to play the Eagles, and so either you know Dak Prescott and TB12 are really hoping that the Giants upset the Vikings, and uh, that kind of tosses shit on its head in the NFC playoff picture. You know, uh, just looking at the playoffs, just looking at the NFC, because uh, truthfully, whoever wins AFC, in my opinion, is going to win the the Super Bowl. But I agree. Um, if I'm going down the list, I'm I'm taking I'm taking Dallas over over the Buccaneers. You know, they keep living on a prayer in the fourth quarter on the last second drive, and and that's not going to get you through the playoffs. Uh, I'm taking the Giants over over the Vikings. Um, yeah, it's it's cool to see. Uh, Kirk Cousins wearing chains on the plane home, but sorry, that's that's <laughs> not getting you past the Giants. And I, I think Dable's done a great job. I think he's a great leader. I'm taking the 49ers over the Seahawks, right? You pick up Christian McCaffrey midseason, and all of a sudden he becomes a stud again. Um, and who doesn't love the Brock Purdy story? Like, Mr. Relevant. I think it's going to be the Giants, 49ers, and then uh, – Boys, Eagles to to decide who makes it to that NFC championship. Bold prediction, sir. I like it. I am in total agreement on your picks there. I've never seen but, Dave do that. Oh, he's at a loss of words. He's, that was like 40, 4,500 words you just said. And he's like, I'm in total agreement. I've, I've uh, never seen that in my life. <laughs> Well, in order to, I guess, add uh, some extra words, there are a few coaches that are more dangerous in the playoffs than Kyle Shanahan. That son yeah. of a bitch, he's like, he's like, uh, who's the the coach in Waterboy? Once he gets his little green notebook back, and he's got all his plays. <laughs> he starts whipping some shit out that you never seen before. Let me tell That's you a, what, it's, hey, it's a coach climb. It's a coach climb. It's a coach climb. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan turns into Mr. Coach Klein in the playoffs, and he he can whip some shit out, and it, it'll it is definitely an interesting and another defense that is able to get up and, and put the hurt on some folks. I like the Purdy story. I don't know if he's got. I mean, his teammates think he has the balls for it, but he may have giant huevos. But does he have the experience? And that that I won't I won't discount him, but that that's a big question mark for me. At least going deep into the NFC divisional round championship, et cetera. I will say that <laughs> I think a terrific game is going to be that if the if Dallas can get past the Buccaneers, Dallas playing the Eagles is going to be a phenomenal game. And then I'm really looking forward to seeing the Bengals and the Bills play, kind of like you already alluded to, because let's say Kansas City makes it past who I hope to be the Chargers. <laughs> Then uh, you're going to see Kansas City play 
you know, either a Joe Burr or a Josh Allen. And I mean, truthfully, the the Bills the Bills got momentum on their side, right? They're they've got this whole Demar Hamlin situation, and I think there's a, a fire lit under their ass that they want to go play for this guy. And, and you know, I I just see him going to play Kansas City in the the AFC Championship, and then the winner of that pretty much winning the Super Bowl. I like the I like the Bengals flip at the end of the season. I think old Joey Cool is a bad mother trucker, but I think that the Bills are a better football team this year. And so I completely agree. I think you I think you see KC Buffalo and then the 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 AFC hands and feet better than the NFC this year. Yeah, the only the only caveat to that is especially with the Eagles is that how how healthy is Jalen Hurts, right? Right. So we've yep. seen the issue shoulder issues, uh, which you know those things as we've seen in the past, uh, you may think you have them under control till you take a big lick, and then all of a sudden you land on that shoulder hard, and those shoulder issues come back in a hurry. So you know, don't put a pass them. I mean, that that first round buy isn't always for it isn't always kind uh, mm. when you come back and you're a little you start a little bit slow. So Eagles are definitely the team to beat in the NFC, and probably the only team that's going to compete with the AFC winner. But but yeah, obviously that is going to play a huge role uh, going forward on how long can he stay healthy uh, and. You know, is that, you know, is he going to be limited somewhat in in the way that he plays? So, any final points for the uh, the playoffs in the NFL before we move on? Yeah, you know, I got one. I I think a really interesting story from the AFC is you've got um, Lamar Jackson going into the off season without a deal. You know, he he came into the season, he's representing himself, he's banking on himself. The guy, the guy's an incredible quarterback, and does he stay in Baltimore? Does he get signed somewhere else? I mean, I think Baltimore would be just so stupid not to pay this guy a, a, a gazillion free. Give him a blank check, hey man. What what do you want? What do you? How many years? Because he's a freak. I mean, he, he's he's got the accuracy downfield. He's got this capability from the pocket. He's got the vision. He's got the the speed. He's got everything you could need, the intelligence. I mean, the whole nine, no off-field drama. I mean, he, he's everything that you would want in a franchise quarterback. And the fact they haven't given him the bag or offered it to him, if I were him, I'm not coming back. I'm letting him lose in the first round of the playoffs, and I'm I'm, I'm requesting <laughs> – I'm serious. I'm requesting the freaking bag so you can keep me there. But you think he gets the bag. You think he stays in Baltimore. I, I do, I do. I think they've got to pay him. Who, who else are they going to go get? Zach Wilson, right. Carson hey. Wentz, hey. Derek Carr. Hey, you know, no, you're right. No, I completely agree. Um, I, I used to be like skeptical of Lamar, but this was mostly college when, like, I watched him do an interview, and I was like, does this dude know where he is right now? And then I watched him grow. I watched him develop. I watched him like bang out lots of weights and just change as a human and as a quarterback. And I, outside of his on the field play, like I think he is a really good dude. Like he is just a good dude. And so I'm all for him getting the bank going, having a lot of longevity in the NFL. I completely agree with you. They would be absolutely foolish 
to not sign him for whatever the hell he wants because they're not gonna they're not gonna improve. And any there's there's a ton of teams out there that would just love to have some Lamar. You know, and, but it's gonna have to be a, a special franchise, right? Because on the one hand, they're gonna have to have deep pockets, and that, as we know, there are only a there's only a handful of teams that are able to put that up. Deep pockets that are guaranteed, because that's the new tagline, right? It's not yes. about how long you can kick the can down the road. It's that guaranteed money, and that's what it's he's for, after. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And if I'm, you know, going on to 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 John Yo's point. If I'm him, I'm picking up the phone. I'm calling the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. You know, your inner what? town rival, right? Your inner divisional rival. Like, and you talk about a coach, probably, in my opinion, the best coach in the NFL. Call that guy who you were. You hold on, hold the phone. You were higher than giraffe taint. If you think that they are going after a quarterback right now, they have their dude. Why? Who? Kenny Pickett? Pickett, hometown hero, dude. That dude is going nowhere. That city loves that dude, and they're going to. He will be there as their starting quarterback as long as Mike Tomlin is a coach at Pittsburgh. You can hold the jock strap on that. I disagree. I disagree because you can hold, you can pull one over on your inner division rival, and you're telling me that they wouldn't say, "Hold on, Kenny, you're going to have to sit a little bit, champ," because we're going to get probably the best quarterback athlete wise that's in the NFL, and we're going to give it from our division rival. They tell Kenny Pickett to sit his ass down. No, John. I look, man. I, there's a couple really good places around the NFL this guy could go. Right, you can go to the Rams because it's going to be easy to beat out Baker Mayfield. You can go to the Panthers where he just came from and beat out Sam Darnold. You can go to the freaking. I think Jets I can be. If, I think I can be the quarterback to. of Carolina right now. It's killing me. I I live. 200 feet from the damn stadium and I got to go in and watch that garbage every week. If I'm honestly, if I am Lamar Jackson, I'm calling the new Orleans saints because you know what? Andy Dalton sucks and it would be awesome. Let me go. Let me go throw it to Chris Olave and potentially, and potentially uh, Michael Thomas, if he ever comes back from injury. Yeah. Right. You've got Alvin Kamara. You've got a great running back and two star wide receivers who you can throw to. You can immediately get inserted into a system, get the freaking bag. You've got, um, oh, what's his name? Cameron Hill. Oh, no, not Taysom well, Hill. Taysom Hill. I mean, Taysom Hill's going to be running tight end here. I mean, like, he's they, a, they as a tight end, he's a guy. weapon. Yeah. He he is, you know. You want to run him in the wildcat on the two yard line? Hey, be my guest. But if I'm him, get me out of that division where Joe Burrow's probably going to be running that portion of the the AFC for for the foreseeable future. Put me in a division where Tom Brady's probably going to retire. The Carolina Panthers can't win a damn game, 
and and I'm actually got a good shot at going to the playoffs every year. I don't hate it, dude. That's yeah, that's I, pretty I like deep. That that's good insight. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, and that they're is, uh, they they have the pocketbook to go and get him because I, I you know you could say well why don't the Colts go and get him you know why doesn't Washington go and get him you know why don't the Jets go and get him and frankly it's just because they don't have the they don't have the pocketbook like like this is some next level cash I mean we're talking two hundred and forty million plus guaranteed all of it that's that's some money yep yep and Washington look Washington doesn't want to pay him because. Look what they're paying on their defensive line. You got Deron Payne, you got Jonathan Williams, you got Montez Sweat, you've got all these stud D linemen that you're trying to keep there. And Chase Young, I mean, you've got a yeah. front yeah, four yeah, that yeah, yeah, just yeah. it's gonna need the bag. And so you can't pay him there. Yeah. Dude, I like that a lot. I uh, I mean, we can we can dive into this all day, but I, I think we probably agree that he's not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, Harbaugh would be a fool to let him go. Yeah. They're going to pay him. They'll find a way. They will play the numbers, and they will find a way. He is not leaving Baltimore. Yeah, he but, but if he were, but if he were, I like New yeah. Orleans. That's a that's a good that's a good pick. All right, all right. Anything well, else, boys? You know, this is we're on uh, hour seven hundred and forty-two. We started recording on a Tuesday and. The good news for you is you can catch the the show live now because it's now Friday morning and we've been recording for four days straight. So <laughs> I wish. But anyways, th- I mean this is this is a lot of fun. I mean this is all what Drink and Think is about, right? Because you can go on these other you know sports podcasts, you can go on these other sports shows, and you're gonna get teams that and analysts that got the inside on, you know all this kind of crap. But at the end of the day, I mean, really all it's about is sitting around a campfire and bullshitting with your boys, right? They got stats. I got Miller lot. Right. Hell yeah. Right. How many team, how many, uh, you know, sports podcasts are out there chugging Miller light. I don't know. One. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's what ESPN is missing. Right. You know, but that and a whole lot of others, but anyways, <laughs> We will uh, we'll get into a safety brief uh, for those that you know haven't been with us before. We feel like it's it's our uh, it's our duty to just end on a on a high note, end on something that you can take with you and, and you can hold on to. And uh, I don't know why this popped into my head. But you know it's it's Christmas time, or we just left the uh, the holiday season, and uh, there's a a famous story in in U.S. Army lore of uh, the 101st Airborne Division in World War II is surrounded. Oh yeah, let's go! They got you know if you've watched this series, Band of Brothers, uh, they're they're surrounded in the in Belgium and Germans have made a huge push uh, right around Christmas time and have caught the allies flat footed and they're, they're thin. They got no winter clothing. It's, it's a complete shit show. And the German commander offers to allow the 101st airborne to surrender. The, the actual division commander isn't even there. You've got his deputy 
uh, General McAuliffe, who is there, and he gets this message from the German commander saying, hey, we've got you surrounded. Uh, you're outnumbered. Just go ahead and give up. And at two army lore, the uh, General McAuliffe responds with one word, and it is nuts. And as we all know, the 101st Airborne hangs on, uh, and then they end up kind of fighting back the Germans, and then eventually Patton's 3rd Army comes in and kind of finishes the German uh, offensive off. And what I will leave you with is, you know, sometimes life got you surrounded, you handed a shit sandwich, there's nothing you can do, but sometimes you just got to smile throw up the double birds and just say nuts and just keep trucking. So that's, that's the safety brief of the day. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us. It's been a lot of fun. Appreciate John coming on. Uh, you were my guy, man. This was so good. You crushed, you crushed. You are welcome back to this podcast. Anytime, my dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. This the only thing I would like to add is maybe in Dak's case, it would be nut. And oh, well played, sir. But but no, this has been a blast. I, I, I love listening to you guys. I love getting to to talk football and beer. And, and uh, man, I'd love to come back if you'll have me. Uh, but shoot, this has been awesome. Yep. I mean, hey. If uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts didn't limit us and, you know, our 20 listeners out there didn't fall asleep, we keep going. Like, as Dave said, we're about 25 hours deep and we'll keep trucking, my brother. I <laughs> I have absolutely loved this. One of my favorite episodes. So we'll talk soon and I will oh, yeah. see you pretty damn soon as well. So absolutely. thanks again, brother. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. See you guys. later. Peace.